0: there. <laughs> oh, happy day. Happy day. Happy Ascension Friday day. So grateful to join with you today. So grateful to open our hearts and minds together today. And let us begin as we always do with a prayer. And Carla, I just muted you out there so everyone can be muted while we're um, starting here. And, yes, so let us begin with a prayer. So grateful, so thankful to open our hearts and open our minds to the power and the presence of perfect love. So grateful and so thankful to consciously choose our awakening, we're choosing our ascension, we're consciously choosing to connect and commune with the higher Holy Spirit Self, to stand in the light of the I Am Presence, to live as our I Am Presence. We are grateful and we are thankful to open ourselves to the unprecedented, unlimited flow of divine love as our very life, as the activity of our life, as everything about our life. We are grateful and thankful to declare that our time together is sacred. Our time together is deeply healing. Our time together is potent. And it is unfolding divine inspiration, divine healing, divine activation and activity. We join together for this holy purpose. We are grateful and thankful to know that we have everything that we need for this healing. We are grateful and thankful to allow our healing to be. And in gratitude, we absolutely know that it is. In gratitude, we let it be. In gratitude, we simply say, and so it is. Amen. 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 Yes, indeed. So, I would like to share with you, I know some of you are followers, you could say, or fans of Patricia Cota Robles, and... She sent out an email yesterday that I think is well worth reading. I'm thinking I'll put it in my blog tomorrow. It's rather long. But um, basically, it's about a call for divine government. And uh, there's some beautiful detail in there. It feels very resonant to me. And also in this email are a couple of invocations or invocation and a purifying decree. And uh, so I would like us to share these together. One of the points that she makes that many have made is that uh, the company of heaven has been saying for years that the United States of America is going to bring forth this spiritual revolution that's happening in the United States. And I, I remember Lorna Byrne, who wrote Angels in My Hair, talking about that as well. Uh, and others, that this is, where this melting pot for a reason. Uh, all these people coming together and learning to live harmoniously to respect and honor each other. And certainly if you do any research at all about the founding fathers and the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, and those gatherings and the people who were involved there, it's very clear that the company of heaven was very much involved. And um I love that uh, Patricia has said which I hadn't heard before but it feels it has a ring of truth to me that uh the word America is can be spelled another way which is uh the I am race so America is an anagram for the I am race and so Certainly, we know that in 200 years, 225 years, uh, the United States has grown tremendously and it is a beacon of freedom to the rest of the world, much of the world. So, as I I wrote a little bit about in my blog the other day, there's... A lot of upset that many people feel regarding the election it can seem very disheartening and one of the things that we're training our mind to do is to never be disheartened and to always be mindful that our word is the word of God because our mind is the mind of God our heart is the heart of God so in every way it's so critical for us to only make declarative statements that are loving and kind and powerful for unfolding good, unfolding more peace, unfolding more compassion. So this is our divine opportunity and we can make the most of it. And so blessings for our government, blessings for all the governments of the world, all the leaders of the world, these are very important for us to hold in our heart and in our mind. So I felt it would be part of our divine duty, uh, our appointed duty that we have appointed ourselves to as bringers of light to work with these invocations and purity statements as the start of our class today. So, I'm going to read. I invite you to hold the space with me, and let's begin. So, this is the call for divine government. I am, I am, I am. I am my I am presence, and I am one with the I am presence of all humanity as one breath, one voice, one heartbeat, and one energy vibration and consciousness of pure divine love. I invoke the great beings of light associated with the divine government of this planet. And I invoke the beloved ascended masters guarding the evolutions of earth blessed ones blaze the sacred fires of god's perfect will divine love and divine illumination in through and around every person involved with the government of earth at national state and local levels blaze the sacred fires of God's will, divine love, and divine illumination in, through, and around the electorate and governmental officials of all nations. Let them feel and tangibly experience the power, wisdom, and love nature of our Father, Mother, God flowing through them as they elect their governments and vote on all issues before them. Seal this activity of light in the immortal victorious threefold flame anchored within the heart of every person on earth. Expand this light daily and hourly a thousand times a thousand fold. Victory is ours in love governing this planet. Victory is ours in love governing this planet. Victory is ours in love governing this planet and so it is beloved I am and now the purifying decree in the name of the presence of God I am and through the magnetic power of the sacred fire pulsating in my heart and in the hearts of all humanity I invoke the Elohim of purity and of all of the legions of light associated with cosmic white lightning of purification I invoke Archangel Michael and all the legions of light associated with this sword of blue flame I invoke all of the angelic legions associated with the strength and purity of God's will, divine love and infinite wisdom I invoke Saint Germain and all of the legions of light associated with the fifth dimensional crystalline solar violet flame of God's infinite perfection. Beloved ones, come forth now and blaze your radiant flames of light with the power and might of a thousand suns in, through, and around all the embassies, chanceries, consulates, and all offices of the international representatives in Washington, D.C. Blaze the light of a thousand suns through the Capitol building, the Congressional office buildings, and the Senate office buildings. Blaze this divine light through the State Department, the White House, and the executive office building. Blaze the light of a thousand suns through the Pentagon, all military bases, and every office and business concerned with military affairs in any way. Blaze the light of a thousand suns through the Supreme Court and the entire judicial system in the United States of America. Expand this sacred fire now through all the remaining departmental offices of government in the United States of America. Now, blessed ones, expand, expand, and expand this activity of light. Traverse this planet, north, south, east, and west. Blaze these powerful purifying flames in, through, and around all governmental and military buildings throughout the world. Purify and transmute Every electron of precious life energy associated with the governments and military forces on this planet that are not reflecting oneness and the reverence of all life. Now I ask the I am presence of every government official and employee to purify the consciousness and the mind of that person. Now I ask the I Am presence of every government official and employment to purify, purify, purify the consciousness and the mind of that person. Now, I ask the I Am presence of every government official and employee to purify, purify, purify the consciousness and the mind of that person. Replace all negative thought patterns with divine consciousness and the desire to manifest God's will in ever-expanding action until the reality of divine government is firmly established in the heart and mind of every person on earth. Close in upon and transmute anything that is hindering the expansion of God's divine plan for the governments of the United States of America, And the world. Transmute, transmute, transmute all that is not of the light, cause, core, effect, record, and memory before it can act, manifest, or longer be sustained. Transmute all that is not of the light, cause, core, effect, record, and memory before it can manifest or longer be sustained transmute all that is not of the light cause, core, effect record and memory before it can act manifest or longer be sustained transmute, transmute, transmute all negativity into the pure light of the immortal victorious threefold flame and the twelve fifth dimensional crystalline solar aspects of deity Transmute, transmute, transmute all negativity into the pure light of the immortal victorious threefold flame and the twelve, fifth dimensional, crystalline solar aspects of deity. Transmute, transmute, transmute all negativity into the pure light of the immortal victorious threefold flame and the twelve, fifth dimensional, crystalline solar aspects of deity. I accept this call fulfilled as God's most holy name I am. And so it is. And taking a breath. And then she talks about in her email about the angel of renewal and restoration who has been watching over this renewal and restoration of our government and our activities of government. And uh, so this is a prayer of gratitude to the Angel of Renewal and Restoration for the work that they're doing. Mighty angel of renewal and restoration, in grateful humility, I acknowledge your presence in the universe and the tremendous service you are rendering to planet Earth and her evolutions. I thank you for sustaining a canopy of light over Washington DC and the governments of the United States of America at national, state, and local levels. I now offer you the cup of my consciousness and the good of my causal body to help you expand and sustain this canopy of light over the foci of government for all of the countries of the world. I ask you to seal all governments on the planet within a constant outpouring of your fifth dimensional crystalline solar flame of renewal and restoration until all life is purified restored, renewed, and manifesting God's plan for divine government on the new earth. This is destined to be a government of the I Am Presence of Humanity by the I Am Presence of Humanity for the I Am Presence of Humanity. A government based in oneness, divine love, and reverence for all life. I consecrate and dedicate my heart flame to the open door to be the open door through which the purifying process of this sacred fire will constantly flow to restore all life evolving on this sweet earth into God's infinite perfection and so it is Beloved I Am Beloved I Am Beloved I Am So we take that breath again So grateful and remembering what Patricia Cota Robles talked about that our prayers are multiplied a thousand times a thousand a million times, and so this is one of the reasons why I Don't ever make a prayer for one person. I always make all my prayers for all people, blessing all people, calling for the violet flame for all beings, including Mother Earth, including the elemental kingdom, including every particle of life on this earth. We have signed up. We have volunteered. We have come forth at this time in order to be the ones who have this divine opportunity to make prayers that are multiplied a million times. And so our prayers are valuable beyond anything we can ever know. And this is why being focused in our practice and making our practice so important to us making it a priority to us is so valuable it brings such benefit to everyone because all minds are joined so we are here to serve the light and I'm going to unmute everyone here, take us all interactive, so prepare yourselves. Here we go. I happen to know it's Karen Laughlin's birthday today, uh, but I don't see her in class here. (sighs) Happy birthday, Karen, when you listen to this. Mm -hmm. All right. So one of the things that I've been feeling would be valuable for us to speak about is selfishness. Because this is something that usually comes up in a kind of a haunting way for many spiritual students, myself included, and it comes up and it needs to be addressed. So, uh, give me just one second here. I'm going to, as you all know, I'm in grief and it's evening time here. And when the evening comes... oh. Okay, somebody has got some feedback. Whoa. If you all know I'm in I think somebody just came in who is uh unmuted. I can't quite see who it is.
1: Oh. Okay,
0: somebody has got some
1: feedback.
0: Okay, we've got Lars. and Lydia. people are calling in on the web call um, which uh, I tried myself it did not work for me I'm going to be talking to them about that Um, uh, you have to I don't even know if self-muting works for you I know that people calling in on the web call before has not worked well so Lars I've got two Lydia's and Lars, um, you all, I think you're going to have to raise your hand if you'd like to share. Oh, there's more of that noise. My internet isn't as good here, so it's harder for me to see. who's Okay, now we've got three Lydia's, I think. No. Nope. Yeah, I've just got to uh, mute you out, you folks, on the web call. Just for some reason, it creates a huge amount of uh, noise on the line. So, but feel free to raise your hand if you would like to uh, share. Um, Hang on. Someone's texting me. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. Let's go back to business here. So apologies for the uh, interruptions. Selfishness. Let's talk about selfishness and what what it really means in spiritual terms. So, many spiritual students, like I said, myself included, go through a, a kind of a phase where it feels like they're being selfish. Selfish to take the time for their practice. Selfish to want to be alone more. Selfish to not enjoy things that they used to enjoy, company and gatherings in the same way. Uh, Feels selfish to uh, want to spend money on retreats and books and things that feed their spiritual practice. It can feel selfish to... uh, do many different kinds of things that were not on the plate before, particularly for people who are married, have children, have families and spouses and things like that. It can really seem like you're suddenly being very selfish um, it, it, to yourself more than to other people, to yourself. Although sometimes, your loved ones will reflect back your own judgments and opinions and think of you as being selfish. There is nothing selfish at all about your spiritual practice. So really, it's, it's that's an ego trick. How could it ever be selfish to follow the guidance of your I am presence? The guidance of your I am presence is always going to be guidance that is for the highest and best for all. As every single one of you has witnessed, your spiritual practice and your dedication to it has absolutely benefited your family. It's benefited people in your workplace. It's benefited people in your community and your friends, all kinds of people around you. I know this even if you haven't told me this. I know it because that is how God works. What could possibly be selfish about following the guidance of the I am presence? The, the number one thing for us in our spiritual awakening is the adoration of our I Am Presence, to adore and to commune with, to listen to, to honor and to cherish the I Am Presence and the connection with the I Am Presence. It's in no way selfish. It is what is transforming this world. It is what is benefiting all beings. It is in no way selfish. So if you have any sense of judging yourself about being selfish, if you have any sense that maybe you shouldn't do this, maybe it's not right, um, let's talk about that now. Let's bring it up here in the class. I know some of you have brought it up to me before that there's a sense that uh, selfishness in your spiritual practice in your spiritual life that your desires for the spiritual awakening could in some way be selfish let's let's talk about this so we've got lars and lydia well we've got two lydia's i don't know why but we've got two lydia's and um so it seems. We've got three people on web calls. You're all muted. Carla, you're you're muted. And um, everyone else is unmuted. So the muted folks can raise their hand if you'd like to share. Do you ever have this concern, uh, feeling selfish? Is this ever a concern for you? Okay, um, I got your message, Lydia. So let me try unmuting you, and then maybe you can just self mute. Oh, let's see here. Okay, Lydia, I see there's two people. It's just, is that you, Lydia? Yes, I think that I. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you perfectly. Okay, because I have the
1: same. Son- I don't mute
0: it, so. All right.
2: Yeah, and I dropped off, so I think it's me. Okay. And I'm
0: in twice, but I don't, I just have one. Uh, okay, I'm gonna cool. mute one of them then. Okay, great. Got that sorted out so you can self mute um, if you need to. Okay. Yeah. And Sally's raising her hand. Hey, Sally.
3: Hello. I was just going to reply to this business of feeling guilty or selfish yeah. or something. Great. Yes. I mean, I. what I feel, I mean, you know, my money's my own, and it's got to last until I, you know, however long I live. So it's it's... You know, it would be very nice to go to Bali or wherever, Thailand, or where it is you're going, that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, is that the right way to spend my money? That's the sort of thoughts I have about these retreats. And, you know, right. there's, there's things that I, um, well, one has a home life. One can't be away all the time. One can't be living always away from home. So those are the sorts of things that influence my decisions.
0: Right, well, as you know, uh, I I gave up having a home, <laughs> pretty much, uh, I've, I've, well, I had a home in Hawaii for almost a year, but um, now, do any of these things make you, do you have any concerns that you feel selfish?
3: No, I don't feel selfish. No, no, I just have to choose. There's too many different um, paths to, to to go along, and so it, that's another issue I have. I can't go on all of them.
0: Right. So what I what I'm hearing you say, Sally, is that there's so many things that you feel called or interested in,
3: that's and right. you can't do them all. No. Yeah.
0: You know, I think that that's one of the things that, at least for me, I I had a a phase where I felt that very strongly, but then that kind of subsided, uh, and I, I didn't have that anymore because I started to feel more clear in my direction and guidance, and it really was clear to me that I only wanted to do the things I was guided to do.
3: Yes, that's... You know, it's that, that's the, the guidance, because, you know, you can sign up for somebody's talk, like when Patricia Cota Robles is going to talk, you sign up with some telephone person to listen to her talk, and the next thing, you're getting emails, you know, that sound interesting, but you can't do, you know, I have to be very, I have to just delete them as soon as I see their names, because I, you know, can only do so much, I think, you know, I have to be very careful about, what I expect myself to do, and, you know, so that's
0: where well, I'm at. Well, let's, let's see if we can open this up a bit, because is it possible that if you had a desire to go on a trip to Bali or something like that, that interested you, is it possible? Is it within the realm of possibility that someone who... Maybe even you just met, who likes you, could say, Sally, I'd like to go on this trip, and I would love for you to be my companion. Could I pay for us both to go? Would you be willing to go with me?
3: Well, yes, if they paid. If it was just a question of, you know, it's not just a question of money, but it doesn't sort of turn me on for the the value for money, if you see what I mean, because I know it would be expensive and also tiring all the flying and the, you know, it's it's a commitment.
0: I, can you say the first part of, again, I didn't quite get it all.
3: I can't remember exactly. where I started but you you said you were suggesting that if somebody was interested to go with me and wanted to pay for me would I be still would I be willing to go and I said yes I would be willing to go but uh, 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 you know that's not a, a scenario I'm expecting so I as I say it's not something that I really feel drawn to do at the moment.
0: Right, right. I understand that. But this is one thing that people uh, often will shut the door on things. And I'm just going to ask you to, I don't know, somebody's got some feedback, and I don't know who it is. Maybe your background noise, Sally. Oh, it's Lydia. Lydia, can you self mute? Good, Kim. Okay, great. Let's see if that helps. I'm guessing that you have self-muted, but we're still hearing the feedback. Lydia. Lydia, have you managed to self-mute?
2: I don't know. Can you hear me?
0: Okay. Yes, I hear you Sorry. perfectly.
2: Yeah, when, when okay. you muted me, it, the sound was much better. So, But I I really don't see where I have to. You know, I cannot see if I'm muted or not. It's the same button, but it
0: doesn't say right, what I am.
2: So if you okay. mute me, it's much better also for me, the sound.
0: Okay. All right. I'm going to do that then. Okay. And then just type in if you want to uh, share anything, and I'll uh, – I guess we're going to uh, – I'll give some feedback to the customer service people about the the web call um, function. Uh, so, okay. So going back to the conversation with Sally. One of the things that I used to do that I still sometimes notice myself doing is, and I think it's very valuable to be more attentive to when we are doing this, and that is to place limitations on our life, our situation, our circumstances, our opportunities that are completely self-imposed. Of course, pretty much all limitations are self-imposed anyway. But I have learned the power of being able to say, I'd like to do something. Even though I have no idea how it could ever possibly manifest or come into being, I'd like to do that. Just that simple statement, I'd like to go there, I'd like to do that. I I remember... Um, Oh, it was about Nine years ago I was standing by my desk In my home in Los Angeles And something just came over me I, I don't remember what it was that triggered it But all of a sudden I just said I'd like to go to Hawaii I would really like to go to Hawaii I just really, really would like to go to Hawaii And I had never really had that strong thought before at all about Hawaii. But it came over me, I'd like to go to Hawaii. And so I really declared, okay, I'd like to go to Hawaii. And about two weeks later, some friends of mine who um, had uh, a newborn baby, she was a month old, my goddaughter, Amelia, and um, they were actually, the baby hadn't been born yet. It was about uh, a couple weeks away. They called me up, or maybe she was a newborn, a week old or something. I can't remember now. Anyway, they called me up, and they said, we have to go to Hawaii for a wedding. We have to go to Maui for a wedding. And, you know, with the baby and everything, we just would like to have some extra help with the baby when we go. And we're wondering if you would go with us. And, of course, we'll pay for everything. Uh, but we would also like to pay you for your time. And I'm I'm their family practitioner and counselor as well, and had been from before they got married. I married them. And so um, I said, well, you certainly don't have to pay me. I'd be very happy to go and just have the time with you and the baby. Now it would be my pleasure. I'd love to go to Hawaii with you. When do we go? And so literally from the time... Somebody's making some noise there. It's harder for me to see. My Internet is not as good here, and so um, it's harder for me to manage the noises. So just that said, I can't even see who's making that noise. Um, and maybe it's just the ghost in the machine. But if you know it's you and you can self-mute, that would be great. Um So uh, I I went to Hawaii, and we stayed, and we we flew first class. We stayed in first class, you know, we went first class the whole way. And I just don't know who's making that noise. Um, And it was a wonderful trip. And I will never forget the first time I stepped in those Hawaiian waters. We went to Maui. And it was I got up at sunrise and I, I, in my bathrobe and we were at this resort, but we were in a house. This resort had some little townhouses on the beach, and so uh, even though we were at this big resort, Four Seasons or whatever it was, I um, I put in my bathrobe. I walked down to the water. Nobody was around, and I just walked right into the ocean that water was so warm and lovely and I just knew in that moment it was so powerful when I said I'd like to go to Hawaii and I've had many such occasions so I just give that example because we were talking about going on a trip I never imagined that somebody would call me up and say Could I take you on an all-expenses first-class trip to Hawaii? (laughs) But that's exactly what happened. And so let's open our mind to having what we'd like and to really being mindful of all the limitations. And let us keep at the very forefront of our mind that we'd like to awaken, that we'd like to ascend. And when we were, some of us were recently in Dharma for the retreats there, uh, they have an Ayurvedic spa and they had Ayurvedic counselors and so, or practitioners, consultants. And so I met with one and I had to fill out a long, Forms about um, my health and why I was interested in seeing the Ayurvedic practitioner. Okay, someone is unmuted and moving around, and I just have no. I, my my computer is not showing me who it is. So, um, if, if whoever it is, you can just um, mute yourself on your handset. That would be great. Uh so when I filled out the form, one of the things it asked me was, are you seeing the consultant for, because you have health concerns, because you'd like to lose weight, because I can't remember what the other ones were, and or, or something other? And I picked the other, and I said, I'm interested in attaining enlightenment. That's why I'm seeing the Ayurvedic consultant. Anything I can do to support that. So keeping this goal of accepting the atonement, choosing enlightenment, awakening ascension in the forefront of everything I find is incredibly helpful. And there's nothing selfish about it. Anyone else have any any contribution on
4: this topic of selfishness? This is uh, Mary Christine. I do. Hi. Can Hi.
0: Yes. Do you hear me hi. all right? I do.
4: So, so the selfishness I have is not so much indulging in spiritual books or or practices and things it's more of of indulging in myself for instance I've put out quite a bit of um, cash recently for this and for that for the car and then the bike and then uh, my phone died so another phone and this is all happening within the last couple of weeks and so my funds my my funds are, uh, the balance seems to be lowering in my checking account, and I really would like to get a haircut, but the haircuts I get are 60 bucks because I can't find a hair who can do it for less that gives me a good cut where I feel good. So I'm willing to invest that money in it. And it's like, Christine, well, you only have this much money in the bank, so do you really want to indulge? by getting you a haircut. And I go through that kind of thing all the time. And also getting my nails done. That's the other one. Because you know I live in Southern <laughs> California and you hardly ever wear shoes. So that. So that's been an ongoing thing for me.
0: Yes, I certainly know exactly what you mean. Let me just feel this here. You know, it's it's such a balance between knowing that all your needs are met all the time and also in having repetitive thoughts of, I can't afford that, I don't have enough money for that, I can't afford that, I don't have enough money for that, I can't do that, I don't have enough money for that. And so I know, for instance, uh when I started taking yoga and taking yoga in L.A., in the heart of Hollywood there, West Hollywood, uh, where you have the most beautiful people in the world super fit all of that and you know i i wasn't that and there are people mixed in who are not um looking like victoria's secret models and so around me in yoga class there would be um these victoria's secret models doing handstands and headstands and doing all kinds of things that I wasn't able to do. And so what I would say to myself is I can do that. I can do the headstand. I can do all those things that they're doing. I'm just not able to do it today. You know, in this moment I'm I'm not doing it. But I can do that. That was I have the ability. So it helped me to not say, I can't do that, but to say, I can do that. Even though in that moment, it seemed like I wasn't able to do it. I still would say, I can do that. (laughs) And so I've been amazed over the years, as I'm sure you have. I know you have, Mary Christine, that when we hold in our mind, that we're being provided for that miracles are happening they do and so it may be that somebody uh, gives you a coupon for a free haircut or it may be that somebody does you some kindness that gives you the money for the, the haircut so ostensibly the haircut is free it's There's that, and if in the moment it seems that, oh, there's not enough money for a pedicure, or a pedicure doesn't seem like a good investment, it's so important to really look at, well, how am I holding that in my mind? Am I holding it in my mind that I can't have a pedicure, that I'm being denied a pedicure? How am I holding it in my mind? Is it, uh, am I judging myself for wanting a pedicure? Am I thinking that a pedicure is an indulgence that's not necessary, not spiritual, egotistical? It's, that's the main thing for us in all these things is to really feel how are we holding it in our mind. What is the meaning that we've given to it? Because remember, everything, a haircut, a pedicure, everything is symbolic. So what does it represent to us? What does it It, represent to us? Yeah.
4: I I understand what you're saying, and... It's interesting that you were saying that about the yoga class because yesterday I was riding my bike and I have to go up a a bit of a hill. I can't make it all the way up the hill on my bike. And it's not that big a hill. And so yesterday I went up it and to go anywhere, I pretty much, to go anywhere east, I pretty much have to go up this hill. So I got to this certain tree and I go, okay, I'm marking this. Today I might not be able to make it, but in a, within a week or two, I know I will. And each day I'm going to mark progress of how healthy my body's becoming of muscles that haven't been used in quite some time that I can get up this hill. So the other thing that you said that's in connection with that is maybe I don't have the funds for it today. but it's it's something that i'd like the situation yes. for me is that level of being balanced with the level of self care versus level of being responsible financially so it's balancing that and i understand yes. that's a good idea to just to just put it out there i'd like i'd love a haircut and before i even said well, all I did was I said um, to some people, oh, wow, you know like I'm just going to get a bike. My car is broken. I'm going to get a bike. I don't need a car right this minute, et cetera. And then the very next day, someone offered me a bike. Very For go. free, except for it needed not accept, and it needed quite a bit of work. And it ended up costing me as much as it would cost to buy a bike, except for this bike is worth twice as much, three times as much so it, and it's a good bike and I feel comfortable with it and everything is beginning to flow 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 it's that when um, things unexpected things come up and there's there is a, set, a feeling of wanting to save money and you're putting out money for your work for whatever it is that you need to do then when it comes to the self-care part it's that the that is thing. So I will check my motivation of why I say I can't do it of getting a haircut. And just look at that and observe what I get.
0: Yep. You know, it's so valuable. I think this is a really important conversation because our motivations are constantly changing. I'm going to invite everyone to consider right now um, maybe something that not that long ago, a year, two years ago, six months ago, was something that you felt was really important to you, that now that your mind has opened more and you have more clarity, it's not important at all. Or its significance or importance has changed. See if anyone can think of something. anyone can you see how your values are changing things
5: I have something hey Carla Okay. my phone's not working right so that's the issue I have anyhow um, TV I was I was um, actually telling myself because I watched a lot of TV and that I wanted that I was interested in decreasing my amount of time to watch TV but I couldn't seem to because I was paying for cable and so I feel like if I'm paying for it I have to watch it and, and it was really hard to change my mind around it and then this seeming financial crisis happened to me and so I I chose to do, to to spend my my service so I didn't have to pay for it to save money. And now I don't, I wish that I could just stop it, but I have a contract, so I don't know what's going to happen. But maybe they'll tell me I'm out of my contract. I'm open to that. But um, all I know is now I don't watch TV, and I'm like I'm so much happier because of that and so so it's it's so it's interesting how i desired it but i couldn't do it and i asked for it and something else happened that 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 helped me do it and now i don't now i chose not to do it for money reasons but now i'm happier because i don't have it wasting my time is that a good example
0: that's a great example Yes, indeed. Mm hmm Anybody else have an example?
4: This is Mary Christine again. Mm -hmm. My car is a good example. I live in Southern California. Um, Living without a car can be a very big challenge. I happen to live in a place that has good... Um, transportation system Long Beach and I felt like I was giving up my autonomy by having a car and it was helping me with my isolation in in the sense that I could isolate better having a car because I just drive to the store and get my stuff and only deal with a couple people and go home and now that I'm riding the bike and taking the bus and and Putting the bike on the bus and the train and things like that, I'm interacting with so many people, and it's really been a gift and right now i I will value having a car again to go pla- you know to go other places or to go in the evening, but right now, I feel like it's a real gift to help me expand. I didn't feel like when my car got when my car died, I didn't really feel like I was losing a whole lot it just felt like a void first it was a void I didn't see the greatness in it it, but it didn't have a lot of energy charged with it not a lot of angst of oh what am I going to do there was some of that and then with the bike it's like what a precious gift I've been given because God's been pushing me to expand my consciousness and to to um, to communicate more and to commune more and so this was the way to do it.
0: Yes, exactly. That's it. It 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 what you both of you are saying reminds me of uh, back um in 2003 uh, before the election uh, uh, it was about a month before my uh, in my apartment building the owner moved into the apartment across the courtyard and the day she moved in she saw I had a dish on the roof which I had gotten permission from the manager to have installed because otherwise the manager wouldn't have given the dish people access to the roof and to allow it to be put on the roof. Anyway, she, uh, the owner, when she saw the dish on the roof, she had it taken down that day, and she called me a liar and said I had no permission to put it up there. The manager that had given me permission had long since departed and um, and there was no recourse the dish was down she wasn't gonna allow it to be put back up again and I said, but you know i how could I have even done it without the management's permission how could I have gained access to the roof I mean she didn't care she just kept calling me a liar and um, I knew that she was Going through a rough time, her husband was being was hospitalized. That's why she moved into the building to be closer to the hospital, and um, and I also knew that the whole thing was happening for my good. That this was God's way of saying you don't need to be watching television, and it was right in the month before the election. And I thought, oh my God, I'm not going to have any election coverage for the months before this election but my spirit knew that's right most importantly you will not be watching television during this time and so that you are not thinking negative thoughts about the election and at first I was angry but you know what I even called the cable company and I told them what happened And they said, and I said, I know I have a contract with you. Uh, Is there anything I can do? And they said, Well, given the circumstances, we'll let you out of the contract. I said, That's great, thank you. Um, Which was I didn't expect that. So you never know, Carla, uh, about the contract. Um, You might tell them you've fallen on, you know, different financial circumstances, and you need to cut back. You never know. You know, you you pray first, you pray for the highest and best, and you know that whatever occurs is the highest and best. Uh, That so completely works. But you have to be willing to know that whatever transpires is the highest and best. And so I hear that that's what you both are doing, is knowing that the highest and best is what is unfolding. And... It's often not easy until we truly get the hang of it, and then we really know it. We really know it, then it's not difficult at all. There's no loss anymore. So that was the thing for me as I realized pretty quickly there's no loss here, no loss whatsoever. There's only something for me to gain. And so it completely shifted my television habits because one of the things I used to do back then is I'd come home late from whatever activity, work or whatever it was, and I would turn on the television and watch something I'd recorded or something that was on in order to decompress and Oftentimes, I would be watching things that I didn't even care about, and I realized that was not a way for me to live, not at all. I still enjoy very – one of my favorite things to do is to watch movies and programs. I I really enjoy drama and uh, uh, storytelling. I just love – movies and storytelling, great characters. Uh, uh, I find that the Holy Spirit teaches me through all of it, and I really enjoy it. I'm one of those Course in Miracles teachers who love to watch movies, like David Hoffman and Gary Renard, and it's just one of my favorite activities. So I don't think that there's something wrong or bad with me for enjoying that. I I don't particularly, I don't watch sports at all, and I don't watch cooking shows. I don't watch any of that other kind of stuff. I just like the things I like, and I enjoy them, and I learn from them. And I don't need to feel guilty about what I enjoy. And I also don't self-medicate with it the way I used to. I really don't. And so that has shifted and changed. And the reason it's shifted and changed is because I don't feel guilty anymore. One of the most amazing things to me is when we no longer judge ourselves for doing the things that we like to do, then the need to self-medicate doing the things we like to do falls away. When we're no longer interested in making ourselves bad and wrong, that falls away. Has anybody encountered, uh, with their family, with their friends, uh, in their community, in their workplace, where people think that they're behaving selfishly? Has anybody seen that occur?
4: All right. Well, there may be
0: some people in the class that have experienced that, but they're not in the class at this moment. I've definitely had experiences in my life where my desire to have alone time or to do spiritual practice, uh, which usually means alone time, uh, or to, oh, just do things in a particular way that suits me has been thought of as selfish or, um, in front of to other people even uh, it, it's it's interesting sometimes how even uh th- there are times when people get angry because you're taking care of yourself and uh I had this situation once where I was in a conference with a group of people I won't go into all the details about it but um we were supposed to stay with the group even until the middle of the night and be supportive of everyone doing everything and i just knew that i couldn't be supportive all until the late in the night and also get up early in the morning and be supportive because i had had such a a full work week the week before and um and i hadn't had much sleep the night before i got there so i knew i really needed a good night's sleep that night and so i told them the next day i went to bed early and i didn't um support everybody in the group last night because i went to bed early i just knew i had to do that for myself or i would be i'd probably get sick from not taking care of myself and pushing myself too hard And people were very angry with me for that and they they told me I should leave I shouldn't be allowed to stay and I was like well so be it you know if that's that's really what's gonna happen I just know I'm the one who can take care of me and there's nobody else to take care of me and so I I know what my limits are and I'm all for supporting everybody but I'm not for doing it at the cost of making myself sick. So, I, since I'm the caregiver of Jennifer, I'm gonna put caregiving to Jennifer, number one. And then I've got something to give and to share with you. Once I'm my well is full, when my needs are met, then I can help you meet your needs. And people were outraged were outraged but then at the end of the week some of those people came back to me and apologized uh, and I said let me just ask you do you have good self-care do you take good care of yourself or do you take care of other people first and then you're left feeling exhausted and wasted and and your self-care is not very good and they said yeah it's true I I do so much for everybody and I don't do enough for myself I said you know I think honestly that's why you were so mad at me because you saw me as being selfish and I knew that I couldn't give you good care if I didn't give myself good care I had to give myself good care first in order to have something to share with you. So I I felt like the people who got mad at me were the people who didn't know how to take good care of themselves. They were mad at me because I was demonstrating it. So what they rejected in themselves, they couldn't accept in me. They had to reject it in me. So this is one of the primary things for us in... The adoration of our God self in living this spiritual life is to really pay attention to how everything feels. How does everything feel? And sometimes it's amazing, like what Carla is talking about, that now she realizes it feels better not to watch the television. And Mary Christine is discovering, in many ways, it feels better not to have the car and to be having this other experience. And so both of you can only have those awarenesses and those experiences because you're open minded. And it's the lack of judgment that allows you to have the open mind, to have an experience that's surprising. where you can learn something, where there's a revelation. Oh, I thought I wouldn't like this, but I like this. I thought this would bother me, but actually it feels good. We can have all kinds of experiences like that. I, I had it yesterday in a sense where... um uh, I was thinking about, well, do I go swimming or not? It had been cold and windy, and I thought, and I, my friend Gina had said, the water's very cold today, I'm not going in. And I just thought, hmm, I don't want to go swimming in cold water. But then I just thought, I'm going to just ask my higher self, what, what, what do I do here? Is it good for me to go swimming or not? And I got, go for the swim you will be glad that you did. And so I did, and I was. But my ego was like, listen to Gina. She knows that water's cold. Don't go in there. You're not going to like it. You're going to wish you hadn't done it, and you have wet hair, and then you will be cold. But none of that was true. I just tuned into the higher self. What is the thing for me to do here? It's amazing how we can check in on just the simplest things. And simplest things related to the body. The higher self knows. The I am presence knows. So this is the thing is really understanding that you are responsible for the care, the feeding, the nourishment, and the Adoration of your God self, your human self, your physical body. And in caring for yourself, in loving yourself, in nurturing yourself, in nourishing yourself, you're allowing your spiritual connection with your higher self to grow. to really grow and become the foundation of your experience. So it's a different way of living. It's a really different way of living. And everything that you choose from that perspective serves the light. So we can eliminate forever any thought of being selfish because it's really about being self-serving self with a capital S so the thought of being self-serving in the past has been synonymous with selfishness but if we're in service to the light We must be in service to the self, the higher self. It's a different way of living. Anybody have any ah ahas, insights, anything that they'd like to share?
2: And Lydia, I
0: keep checking the questions in case you're typing anything in. Yes, somebody would like to share?
4: Mm -hmm. um, I I was delighted when I started um, taking the bus and the the bike they keep bringing it up it's a huge example of, of a big change in my life so many things have expanded because of it I hadn't thought about great expansion that would happen and it's delightful There, it's helping me this new mode of transportation it's helping me on many levels and I really appreciate it not only that but my observation mode my observation mode when I encounter a lot of people now is not fear that I have to deal with them it's much more being in the observer mode watching how they interact with each other that is delightful to me because I'm seeing them in a completely different light than I did when I had my car mm. I know that, that makes sense but it's certainly true because I didn't really have to deal with people then, not very much and now that I am I I see that I've grown so much in my observation mode, just grown to not to not a, to a non-judgmental space and just seeing the beauty of these people and their personalities unfolding I used to be kind of afraid of that because too many people would bother me and now it's I don't know. It's completely different. I see we're all fellow travelers, and I I feel so much more grateful for what I do have.
6: Mm.
5: Yeah. I have something to, have something to come hmm? up for me. So, what came to mind is I'm not sure. these very words in line is what you're talking about but true selfishness there is true selfishness is when I think something is happening to me or when I'm not liking what is going on or when I'm choosing judgment or when I think I know I know something that to me that's what came to me that that is Selfishness. When I think my little mind, my little my thoughts that I think alone are so much more valuable than the the connection of the oneness, or spirit, or or being, being grateful to someone else, or being compassionate to someone else, or all those things. And so I don't know. That just that came to my mind. That's what whenever you're talking. I was seeing quiet at first, my thoughts, but also that came up, and I didn't really feel that that was really aligned with what you're talking about, but uh, now I'm just, I feel, you know, prompted to share that.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: C- can you give a specific example, Carla?
5: Okay, well, so my car broke last week, and I was getting really anxious about it. But, and someone came out to my car and says, oh, you, you need a new starter. And um, and I, and he, said, and he pushed start it, and it started, and everything was fine. He said, just push start this m- tomorrow morning. Take it to this place. He showed me this place. It'll be cheaper than where you're going. And the next day, it wouldn't start. And I was upset for a while, thinking, uh you well know, it's not working out for me, it's not everything's not aligning and I'm like the guy really laid me astray and all that all that all that happened. I was making my own mind about what it meant. And I sat in my car, I ended up getting towed again and took it to it. the original place that I was gonna take it. And here, what happened is the place that he told me to take it. That I was listening to him, and I wasn't listening to myself because I really felt uncomfortable with that. And um, and I went there, and I said, "Oh, it's just a in your vision. If you had taken it to any state, whatever, as they do starters and alternators, they wouldn't have been able to deal with that, you, would have, you know. So what I'm saying is, I thought. I thought that things weren't working out. I thought that I was upset at that guy for, you know, leading me astray. I was upset at myself for not listening to myself. I was upset, and I was just, I don't know if that's really selfish, but I, that's what came to mind. But that is what I'm not interested in. That's what I'm learning to let go of, because I saw that everything was lined up for my good. Yeah, I wasn't willing to see that for a little while, and then after I got over, I go, oh wow, I really want to let like, go. That I feel like I was selfish because I was thinking about what I knew when everything is designed for my good. So how can I know what's best for me, right?
1: Is that is that?
0: Yes. So you what I'm hearing you say, Carla, is that you went into thinking that things were not good.
5: Mhm.
0: And maybe mm-hmm. looking for who to blame. <laughs>
5: Yeah, myself mostly, but yeah, I did go. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yep, and looking at the decisions and choices that have been made and labeling them wrong or bad. Uh, and so I don't know that I would call that selfish in the way that we're talking about it, but certainly... I know I've had, I've learned this lesson countless times of doing exactly what you're talking about, having a situation, be confronted with it, the ego mind starts labeling it bad and wrong, looking for who to blame, you know, and feeling upset about it, all the while not realizing that everything is working together for my good. But then ultimately in the end, I realized, oh, this was actually the best thing that could have happened. And so I've been grateful to learn over and over and over again that even though at times I have persisted in judging and judging and judging what was occurring, it was always working out for the best. Always, always, always. And fortunately, the more I'm interested in not judging, the more that those kinds of occurrences, when they do happen, because it's all about me learning that my judgments aren't helpful, I seem to suffer less from them than I used to. So it used to be that my judgments would start this, chain reaction of events, situations, and circumstances Mm -hmm. that were difficult and painful and uh, where there was seeming loss, lack, and limitation. Then I I started to have experiences like what you're talking about, where there's inconvenience and there's, you know, stress and difficulty, but that's the only real occurrence that's happening, and it's just showing me you really just don't need these benefits. The judgments Jennifer just don't need them they're not helpful at all so I, I've gotten to the point where not always but more often than not many times things don't seem to be going the way I wish they would go when that happens I can go well everything's working together for my good even though this doesn't seem to be the way I wish it would go For instance, I hired somebody to help me find the right places to do my events. And um, we found a great hotel in uh, Thailand, but then it turned out that we, we couldn't use the rooms because they really couldn't take two people in each room. So that was a wasted effort. Then we found another place, and this was great, And then my friend Gina just Googled the weather in that area, and she said, you know, in this area of Thailand at that time of the year, it's monsoon season. I don't think you want to go there then. (laughs) So then, you know, my mind, part of my my awareness, I'm thinking, hmm, well, we spent a lot of money spending uh, to do all that research and have all those negotiations with those hotels that now are seemingly worthless to us but at least we're not going to a hotel during monsoon season we're going to go somewhere else so I'm being divinely guided and protected now why it all worked out the way it's worked out and how it's for the highest and best I can't exactly see but I still can know it's happening and so this is the mindset that we're moving towards so I myself had many many experiences just exactly like what you're talking about Carla and so all the pain and suffering that I experienced in those were just made by myself because of my point of view
5: that's the I don't know self it's like ego that's selfish that's the ego I mean it's like anything that's ego driven that seems aligned with that I don't know how to explain it but that's what that's what came up to me
0: okay yeah So the, the context, though, of, of selfishness that I'm really talking about here is when people feel it's selfish for them to take time for themselves, for them to nurture themselves, for them to engage in their spiritual practice or to treat themselves to a retreat or things like that, that others might look at them and say, you know, gosh, why why do you get to have all these nice things? Um What about the rest of us? And uh, wait a minute, you know, you can't take that time for your spiritual practice because we need you to be doing these things at that time. That those kinds of experiences where either people are labeling you selfish or you're labeling yourself selfish, if you're in service to the light, you are in service, that is not selfish. And it's very important for us to absolutely know that as spiritual students. So I invite you all to talk about it also with your prayer partners. All right. And um, I'm going to pray and play us a song here so let's take that breath of love and gratitude so grateful so thankful to open ourselves to the unlimited once again recognizing the higher self the spiritual self oh i'm just seeing here lydia says yes i could share about my boyfriend who thinks i could do better things you know what lydia i would love to give you that chance to share so, sorry, I just saw that my computer's been a bit... So I'm gonna unmute you. Sorry for the false uh, start there. i oh, sorry. That's
2: I cool. just wanted I just wanted to tell that I recognize what you are saying. My friend always thinks that I'm doing, uh, like I'm wasting my time listening to mm. your calls or <laughs> whatever <laughs> spiritual thing that I'm doing. So, and first I, um, I thought he was right, so I didn't do as much as I would like to do. But now I just do what I think I have to do. And I also um, say that he may not disturb me, for example. <laughs> while I'm mm-hmm. listening or, or talking in the community calls and so on. So he kind of respects that, but sometimes he comes in so with his head into the room, <laughs> and then he shakes his head. So, oh, what are you doing, you know? So, uh, yeah. But uh, for me, I don't think it's selfish. So, but he still thinks it is. So I just wanted to yeah. share that. And yeah. it's most that, that he thinks the time that I spent to do those things, not mm-hmm. so the, the money also, but just the time that I could do other things, better te- things in that time. Mm-hmm. I'm wasting my time actually. <laughs> he thinks. But I must say this week I had real change. So maybe it's changing now also for him. Um, that I made him clear that I'm working on my, <laughs> like on my, he said to me, why do you have so, why do you make so much problems then? You know, if it's so important for you. And I said, yeah, but I'm working on it. Um, I work hard to make, uh, lesser and lesser problems. And then he, so I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> strange. Mm-hmm. So maybe he gets it now that it's very important for me and that's that it's worth the time and the effort for me. We'll see.
0: Yes. And as, as you already know, and you, you said, Lydia, the more that you know it for yourself, the more that you know it for yourself, the more you will experience... That same awareness, that same, when you have this respect for yourself, when you honor yourself, the more you do, the more others will. I've definitely seen that so much in my life. So oftentimes when people are challenging us in that way, it's really our own self-doubt projected outwards so that we can look at it and address it directly. Yeah,
2: I do believe that now, yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Because Yeah, good. So Yeah, yep, I so. On myself. Yeah. So is shifting and changing is evidence of yours. Your changing. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. That's exactly the kind of thing I was thinking of. All right. Now let's pray. So we're partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self to remember and recognize our true identity is the I am that I am. We are grateful and thankful to honor ourselves and to honor our God calling, the calling of the I am presence. We are grateful and thankful to honor the I am presence of every being everywhere, knowing that we are all united. We are grateful and thankful to have a healing, to call forth a healing in any sense of being selfish or in any way squandering our gifts and talents, in any ways that we have been judging ourselves we are laying them aside. We're making a holy offering of them. We're opening our mind and our heart to the freedom that we desire. We are choosing to love ourselves and nurture ourselves in a most delightful way. We're grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the healing that we're calling forth. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all beings because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. So in keeping with the theme of uh, listening to the guidance in the higher self, I'm going to play the song, I'm Ready to Listen, uh, by Ricky Byers Beckwith. I'm ready to listen. God bless you. I love you. Mm